What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? Man, we got a great episode for you today. Like every episode of ours is great, man. Let's just be real. We got another great episode there for you. Uh, what's going on with you, Mike? Oh, nothing much, man. Chilling. Uh, so I, a while back, I told you guys about the uh, this big physical event that I'm training for. Well, here goes is it the time to share. Is it time to share? It's time to share. Tell us what it is. Next May. May of 2022, I will be competing in an Ironman competition. Which full on Ironman, like a full, the full, the full Dude. fucking Ironman, man. So for those who don't know, it's something like two and a half mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then a full 26.2 mile run on the back end, full mile or uh, full marathon. So training, I got a couple of a uh, couple of buddies training too. We're gonna make an announcement all together eventually, but that's what the hell I've been training for. That's how I lost 20 pounds in the last. Two and a half months or so. So, Damn, dude, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. That sounds so awesome, and I'm I, like, that's honestly been on my bucket list. I've been saying it for a long time, but I'm not gonna lie, man. I don't know if I'm built like that. 26 bro, miles, bro. I know I'm not built like that. That's the problem. That's the problem. I know for a fact I'm not built like that, but I'm gonna do it, man. And you know what? It was on my bucket list too. But um, Craig Curlop, Craig Curlop, he was just recently on. He's actually a good friend of mine. He called me out. He said, "Mike, man, you want to do the Ironman?" I was like, shit, when? Like now? He was like, hey, look, I just figured we might as well do it sooner or later. So let's just get it done. And I was like, hey, fair enough, man. Fair enough. So we got a big old group going together, but he just called me out on it. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'm going for completion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to be able to cross the line. But it's a bucket list for me, man. That's a long, that's a, that's a long ride. Yeah, dude. Well, what, what you got? Give us a quick synopsis. What's the training regimen like for that? So the training regimen right now is very simple. It's uh, it's cardio, hard cardio, pure cardio twice a week, and then it's something basically like hit three times a week. And so um, all I'm really trying to do right now is just to build up my ability to handle fatigue, muscle fatigue. That's really it. Once I start getting closer, about three months out, then I'm going to start doing just long, no, just that stupid shit, you know, three hours of this, <laughs> three, three hours of biking and running that stuff that I don't look oh, forward to. But, but yeah, man, it'd be awesome, dude. I'm super excited for you, man. Cause now like how, how you handle that. I'm going to, you know, we'll have our offline conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah. asking about it. <laughs> and that's going to be my, uh, like my intro intro into possibly doing it. I'll be like, uh, Oh no, man. Mike said this shit sucked really, yeah, really, really bad. A lot of tears. Mike kept, Mike kept crying on my shoulder, man. I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I'm nervous, yeah, man. man. But it is what it that's is. Awesome. That's great. What about man. you, man? What you got going on? Uh, yeah, I'm about to hit the road, man. So um, I'm about to go back home. You guys probably heard in the last episode, I'm down at my uh, my niece's birthday party right now. Uh, if you guys don't know, we do block scheduling. So, you know, a lot of times uh, we'll record three episodes in one day. So um, that's kind of how what today went like. I think we did we did two today. Two but, today um, yeah. but over the weekend, we've done, I think we did five this week like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think we did like yeah. five or six. So yeah, if you guys don't know, that's, that's the deal. So a lot of time you're like, Hey, you just said the same thing last week. Well, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm about to hit the road. The same man. Time about to, frame. Yeah, yeah. About to go back to Jacksonville and, uh, uh, or excuse me, go back home to, uh, Fort Stewart and, and, uh, well, I'll be doing the, the combatives tournament tomorrow. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm pretty excited about that. And, um, other than that, you know, it was a really good weekend, just wrapping it up, hanging out with the family, went roller skating and busted my ass a couple of times. I mean, my back's still a little sore. Um, you know, the four-wheel roller skates, man, those are no joke, man. I can do the inline rollerblading all day, but the, the four-wheel, man, that, 
that kind of sucks, bro. I'm like, <laughs> so getting old, uh, man. It yeah, is what it is. is. It was good times. It was good times. But today's guest, man, Adit Shah, a great dude, oh, man. Like, and I love, I loved his energy and I loved yeah. his, uh, his audacity, you know, to go outside of the box and do what others are not doing to live how others can't eventually live. Right. Like that delayed gratification. That's something that we, we touched on several times throughout the episode, um, in, in his philosophy and how he is uh, able to, to crush things right now. So we got some really cool, interesting things that we talk about that we haven't touched on on any other episodes, like um, additional dwelling units and combining your VA entitlement, right? So if you got two service members together, how can you come together and buy a property together, right? Um, and working out of the most expensive city in the nation, uh, San Diego and still being able to do deals, right? So um, I think today's a great episode. You might. Yeah, I, I, he's right on the money, man. The thing is, you guys know I'm big on mindset and the fact that he had, Dan already said it, but the audacity, that's going to be a reoccurring theme, right? The audacity to say, hey, I'm going to work for this person, for this industry for free, just so I can learn. By the end of this, I got a mantra. I wrote it. I'm not going to lie to y'all because you know I take notes all the time. It says, I have the audacity to be independent. I have the audacity to be debt-free. I have the audacity to not sell my time. That might be my new shit, all mm. because of this interview, right? So without further ado, let's get to a D. Let's do it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? We got Adit Shah today. Man, uh, we met at Flip Hacking Live. Really excited to have you on the podcast. Please let us know a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you're doing in the real estate space. Yeah, man, really excited to be here. Really grateful for the opportunity to be on here with you guys. I really love your program and the stories that you tell and the way that you help veterans, which is kind of what I'm all about too, man. So real quick, uh, two years ago, I got out of the Navy after a five-year stint. Um, had a great time in the Navy, nothing against it, but I realized quickly that that lifestyle was not for me, that I wanted to be in business for myself. So I got out of the Navy, did what everyone does right after they get out of the Navy, smoke pot every single day for six months. And then I got real tired of that too, right? And I stumbled upon bigger pockets actually, man. And I, what I did was I blasted out to every developer because I had the audacity to want to be a real estate developer, right? Not a flipper, wholesaler. I wanted to be a developer. So I blasted out my resume and cover letter to every single developer in San Diego and no one replied. So what I did was every single week, I followed up. I, I hit him up again. Hey, man, it's Adit Shaw. I just wanted to let you know um, if you need help repairing anything at your rentals, here's a picture of a ceiling fan I just replaced at my buddy's house. I can do all this for you. So one guy eventually ended up taking me up on his offer. And what started out as helping him carry boxes on the job site turned into taking full management of his portfolio, full management of his projects, and uh, now partnering on deals, lending back and forth between each other. And it's been a really good relationship that's opened a lot of doors um, for me real estate wise. And with him and as a principal partner or lender, 
I've been a part of small lot subdivisions, single family, multifamily flips. I've house hacked, um, done, done, done a little bit, little variety of, of, of things there, man. And now we're shifting towards a, uh, urban infill type of business model where we take, you know, four, three units and build additional units on the parcel. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that synopsis about, right there. Yeah, yeah we're gonna dig in. we got started Just at the beginning though. <laughs> and we're going to dig into some of this though. But absolutely love your audacity, just like you said, man. And, and if you're listening, man, something as simple as like, hey, yo, I just fixed this ceiling fan. Um, this is some some of the stuff I can do for me. And you, and you started at such a like, such an, I don't know, that's such a basic level and, and made it work. That's freaking phenomenal, man. I We, we definitely want to dig into that. But first, um, where did all this audacity come from, right? Like, like, how, how did this shape you? I mean, you kind of went over, you were in the military, you did five years, you got out, you actually, you know, started doing, you know, started smoking or, or whatever. Like, that's, that's kind of crazy. But then that leads to this. Where did that come from? Where did that foundation come from? Your, your, you know, want to actually be a developer? Where did I even start? Totally, man. So, Real estate development is something that's always intrigued me since I was a kid. Like I'd see these buildings under construction and as like a 11 or 12 year old, I, I don't know. I would just, most kids are just looking at it like, Oh, look at the cool trucks, like the bulldozer. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder who owns that. I wonder how they bought it, you know? And that just carried with me through the Navy, through everything. I was always interested in the creation of real estate in the creation think, of housing. Do you think that, cause I mean, that's, when you say it like that, to think like a kid is thinking like, damn, who owns that? Where do you think like the source of that was from? Was it something like something that was talked about in your family or where'd that come from? You just watched the episode of Bob the Builder? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe a little bit of both, man. But to give you a little bit about my family background, I'm the son of immigrants, man. So, you know, my thank God now my family's doing extremely well. My parents have a, a small business that they run a pharmacy. They're doing great. But when I was growing up, they were taking the risks, right? They were taking the risks to get to where they are today. And that was a bumpy, bumpy um, journey. But business was openly spoken about in my household. It was openly accepted to be in business for yourself. Um, there was a strong emphasis on excellence, a strong emphasis on being curious about what's below businesses. So that was a really good foundation for me right there. I love that, man. I love that. You know, we always try to, we always try to figure out what the hell is that underlying seed of influence. You know what I mean? And just the fact that you guys had that, that open conversation about it allowed you to be curious as you kind of moved on. And so totally. uh, when you said you joined the military, you did, you did five years in the Navy. During that time, you said, Hey, I recognize that this is not for me. I want to go into business. So we kind of got an idea of the business influence in your life, but what was some of the things that you experienced while you were there in the military where you said, nah, not for me, this ain't it. So man, I mean, like I said, like I kind of was the go-getter type and I really went after it, man. Like I made E5 in three years and um, I, I killed it, sailor of the year, all that, and uh, tried my best, but I just wasn't feeling fulfillment in my job anymore. And I was also felt like I was limited in my capability to make an impact in the Navy. I had, a, I had that ceiling, right? Of course I could rank up and I could, I could promote and I could help as many of my junior sailors as possible. But as far as making an impact, like I couldn't go tomorrow and be the skipper of an aircraft carrier. I would have to wait 30 years to do that. 
right? And that wasn't acceptable to me. I wanted to be the skipper today, you know, or at least maybe in the next two years in a realistic scenario. I wanted to, I wanted somewhere where I could climb the ladder. And I think real estate is honestly the perfect place to do that, man, because yeah, you should have that slow growth, controlled growth, I should say rather, but you control your own outcomes and you're now at the steering wheel of your life. Whereas in the military, your chain of command, big Navy, you know, department of defense, they're all at the steering wheel of your life, which was, which didn't really sit well with me, man. You know, that's actually a really good point because, you know, now, as you said that I kind of went back into the Rolodex of memory here, but I remember there was times where I might get partnered up with another platoon or another company just for a training activity. But in order to get that slot, I had to go through eight layers of approval. And so now, even though you may be the sailor of the year, or you may be the subject matter expert, you can't even get to your brothers and sisters in the next, in the next unit without, you know, with red tape. So that's a good point, man. Scalability of influence is probably uh, something that we don't talk about much as far as one of the inhibitors uh, of the military. That's pretty interesting, man. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. That's definitely a, a concerning factor, especially for like people that are staying in. Right. And I think the entrepreneurship in real estate scratches that itch. Right. So, yes, when when we're in the military, yeah, there's only so far you can go. You got to report to this guy. This guy's got to say this guy's got to say this guy's got to say, you know, but entrepreneurship and the importance of real estate and the, or the importance of entrepreneurship and real estate um, that can scratch. If you're listening to this, that can scratch that itch. If you're like, man. I'm already, you know, 18 years in, I got two more years and you're listening to this and you're like, man, just now seeing this stuff. I mean, you know, start that, start that journey right now. Start that entrepreneurship journey right now, man. That can, that can definitely uh, bring back a lot of that fulfillment, you know? So I think that's a hundred percent right. So moving into like how you got into these partnerships and these relationships, I think we have a couple of synergies uh, there. And you said that, hey, I wanted to be a developer. So what did I do? I, I figured out how to add value, right? And your way of doing that, um, even being unskilled as, you know, a, a, 
uh, a developer is what can I do, right? Let me text these guys or let me send these guys some emails and be relentless in following up with them and say, hey, I can offer essentially manual labor. That's that, man, that's essentially what you what you started with. That's exactly how I started for those out there listening with uh, with getting on flips, right? Getting on the um, uh, renovation sites, literally just offering manual labor. You'd be so surprised how far that can get you. And in a deed is a shining example of actually making that happen right so can you walk us through what happened next right so you, you get on these these um you start off actually let me take it back speak to those that are trying to do the same thing what are some of the the key uh things that you think that they can do to to kind of i guess replicate what what you did there as far as reaching out uh to people that they you know, people they want to be like essentially totally yeah yeah um so First, um, you got to set an intention. So you got to be really intentional about what you want your outcome to be. And an example that I give, and I didn't realize this until years later, that I, I did what I did because I read Think and Grow Rich. And there's a story in there about this guy, and I can't remember his name, but he basically tanked his last dollar on a train ticket to New Jersey to meet Thomas Edison and, and to go into business with him, right? And I, I think you guys may be familiar with the story, but he he approaches Edison and says, hey, I wanna go to business with you. Edison's like, what the hell, bro? Like, you look homeless. And he said, no, I'm gonna go into business with you. And he starts working for Edison, you know, medial stuff, ends up in a sales position, becomes the best salesperson ever in, in the history of his company, sells this invention that no one else could sell and, and ended up being being a part owner of that portion of the sales. So set that intention, number one. Number two, figure out your unfair advantage or unique value proposition. Everyone has it. Everyone has something that's, it's an unfair advantage or it's a very unique value proposition. In my case, my unfair advantage was that I'm getting the GI Bill and um, I live very below my means and I don't need a job right now. So I have all the time in the world and school. You know what? I was going to school in the evenings. I had my whole day free, my whole day free to, to, to help whoever, even if it meant standing around on a job site, you know, sweeping. I didn't care. Nothing was nothing was below me. Nothing was below me. Right. So that was my very unique value proposition and unfair advantage. But maybe your unfair advantage is that you're really good at creating websites. So you can hit up um, military cash flow. Hey man, I noticed um, your website is actually a bad example because it's really nice already. But you know, there might be someone who, who doesn't have a great website and you could be like, hey man, you know, I think that these things would be great for your website. Actually, why don't I go ahead and do it for you? Show you, show you what it would look like and um, see if you like it and then we can go from there. Or maybe you're really good at videography or maybe you're really good at finding deals. You already got a little bit in the real estate game. Maybe you're a wholesaler and you wanna step up to being a flipper or you wanna step up to being a developer. You know, shift your marketing into some more development deals and, and approach the developer. Hey man, I got a deal and I, you know what? I will waive my wholesale fee, but I wanna be with you every step of the way in this transaction. So that's the second part of it is foregoing the immediate reward for the sake of the future the future reward, which, which should be much greater. So you hit on something, man, that I, you know, I wanna dedicate a whole episode to this at some point, but I call it education hacking. You just said that you were able to use that GI Bill to kind of support you as far as the income goes, right? As you pursued something else. So 
uh, walk us through that first. I got a follow-up question, but walk, walk us through what, what, like, what were the numbers for you, right? How did the GI Bill work in your favor? What were some of your considerations as far as using that as income versus going out and getting a job? You know, just what was your, what was your thought process? Yeah, totally, man. So in San Diego, the GI Bill is around $3,000. It's like 2,900 yeah, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I was getting the GI Bill. And then I was also getting, unfortunately, I got hurt in the Navy, but um, I'm great now. Thank, thanks to God. But um, I also had a little bit of disability coming in. So I combined and I also had a condo that I was house hacking. So I had like 800 bucks in rental income coming in. Right. And um, I'm, I live, I still live very below my means, right? Extremely below my means. I invest somewhere around 70% of my income. So, you know, and uh, I don't spend the, the other 30%. That's, you know, so um, staying below my means, that $3,000 GI bill covered my, my mortgage, my homeowner's fees, my food. Um, the, the VA was buying my books. The VA was paying for school. And, um, I had my car paid off by the time I got out of the military. I didn't really drive anywhere but the job sites because I was working, right? I was there every single day learning from the bottom up. So like you make a really good point there, man, um, education hacking or benefits hacking in general, maximize, it, it may be little, right? In some part of the parts of the country, it's much smaller, but maximize that. If you do get a job, put the whole GI Bill away, right? make sure that you make the most out of those benefits because they're not forever, especially the GI bill. That's not forever. You only get, you only get time for a bachelor's degree. So, um, yeah, I was able to live off of that and, um, do my thing, man. So, you know, so for everybody listening right now, it just like you said, I like it better benefits. Acting. That just, I mean, it, it is what it is, right. Regardless if it's the GI bill, if it's, uh, if it's TSP, it doesn't VA loan, we don't care. Benefits hacking the hell out of it because we've already served, we've already earned it. But uh, I love how you showed one more creative approach to say, how do I start my journey, right? How do I start it? I have support through these benefits. Now, the question is I have for you, because I'm sure there's somebody listening that's giving away their benefits, or maybe they don't have whatever, disability, whatever, in a situation where they don't have any income, how can they still do what you did? How can they still provide value in your opinion? So if you're working a job because you don't have any benefits coming in, then you really need to do a personal audit on your time. And I've actually just completely um, been through this because I have a million different things going on. Right. And I was like, man, I just don't have enough time for this, enough time for that. But I took a really good look at what I'm doing with my day. So if you're working from uh, seven to three or nine to five, what are you doing from five to nine or what are you doing from five to 10, right? Or, and what are you doing in the morning? In the morning, you could be working on your personal brand, go to work, do your thing at work, right? You, you, you selling that time to someone else. So respect that and then come home and then uh, do, do your thing after when you get back from home. And it's not going to be fun. It's, it's really not going to be fun. There's nothing fun about it, but you have to forego the immediate rewards for the sake of the future rewards, Delayed right. That's what it's really all about. Delayed gratification. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Delayed gratification. You hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah, man. I, I, that's, it's crazy that you, we, we just talked about, you know, the 
how important the uh, auditing your time is. I was literally just having that conversation with uh, with my my dad just like an hour or two ago, right? We went on a walk and we talked about that. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. We talk about how someone can have the same amount of hours during the day, make the same amount of money, but accomplish so much more than someone who doesn't, right? Or, or who, who doesn't, you know, uh, audit their time essentially or have a schedule, right? And, and the same Absolutely. can be said with, finances as well those are the two most important things um kind of synopsizing our conversation and what you know my dad's kind of uh you know giving wisdom or whatever you know uh, those are the two more most important things right <clears throat> how you schedule your time how you schedule your money right like if you don't have a handle on those if you don't if you don't know where they're going then you're not going to be as effective as you could in life right um so i i just think that's that's crazy you just, you just talked about that and we just talked about it so yeah, yeah. tell us uh yeah. tell us about that transition man so you got into the working with this company here you basically gave away your time for free and then now you've grown into a leadership position but walk us through that a little bit more in detail what was that first deal look like what was your first day like right and then and then what was the final nail in the coffin that put you into that leadership role yeah, totally, man. So um, something that I learned in the Navy was that if you want to step up, find a way to work whoever is above you out of a job. So start taking on their responsibilities, right? Start taking on what they're doing, take it off their plate. Now you step up into their position. So I did the same thing for this developer. He was actually doing a lot of his own field work, meeting the contractors, um, getting the materials to the job site, scheduling the city inspections, um, being there when the inspector's there, all that kind of field stuff, right? Very essential for a real estate development business and a real estate developer. But what I started doing was really without asking, just taking it, right? Be like, hey, man, you know what? Um, I already talked to the architect. I got the permits printed out where we, where, we, where we usually print them out, and I'm taking them to the city right now. All right, cool. You know, so through that, um, I was able to so to say, work him out of a job. So now he's able to step up into a, a bigger role and I'm able to fill his shoes in the company, right? And from that, I have just gotten the confidence to go do out do stuff out on my own as well, right? That's the whole reason I was able to, to invest in real estate in the first place, right? I had my VA house hack condo, but everything else wouldn't have came until I saw it with my own eyes, put my hands on it on someone else's money, right? Someone else's money is paying for everything. I'm just giving up my time, which by the way, it's turned into a paid position, right? So what was free has now, I've kind of, you know, and I don't want to say this in a bad way, but made myself essential to this business. I made myself a really valuable asset to this business to where it made sense to pay me. It was a good investment for him to pay me. So I created my own job. And I think that anyone can really do that. Find out where you fit in and make that position extremely valuable to the business. So valuable that they have to pay you. Mm. My guy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Because so many people, you know what, I, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this in the way that you, and you're, you're putting the detail in there because so many people will say, hey, I'll move to California to be an actor or I'll do this to be an entertainer. I'll do this to play football. But they don't say that about business. They don't say that yeah. they'll make the same sacrifices. You know what I mean? And so this is a perfect example of like, yo, just you, what you've done. If you go to college, you know, traditionally, you got to, you already sacrifice your time, but then you got to sacrifice the money. 
Well, now all you, you covered the money piece. You said, oh, I'm doing a sacrifice of my time to learn from somebody who is doing exactly what I want to do. And God, I'm hoping the audience is listening. I'm hoping people are taking something from this because they can do the same damn thing. And the return is going to be astronomical, infinite. The stuff you learn now, you know, you, you would have never learned in college. Let's <laughs> be honest. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. And to, to go off of that, like, when I said I have the audacity to be a real estate developer, like all of us who are listening to this call, like I have the audacity to be debt free at my age, to make a lot of money, right? To to want to make a lot of money, to be in business in the first place and not sell my time to someone else while my peers, like I manage around 40 rentals in San Diego. I see these applications, 200, $150,000 of student loan debt. I have zero and I have the audacity to want all of this. I better put my, my, my work ethic where my mouth is, right? If you have the audacity to want financial freedom while the rest of the world is out there selling their time, you better be extraordinary with the way that you allocate your own time. With the way, with the level of effort that you put into things, right? You overwork, do it, you know, especially in the beginning, right? There's a time to let the throttle off, but in the beginning, you know, pedal to the metal. You got to do it. You got to put all you got into it to get that train started because that's the hardest part. Once it's started, you're good. But when you're getting started, you know, there's no, you got to set, you got to sacrifice for sure. And you definitely have to put the work in. So. Hold up, man. I'm about to go lift some weights real quick, man. Yeah, yeah <laughs> up. Hey, I got, I got, I'm about to, I'm about to uh, put that on the recording. We'll play, play those on my headphones. I got a combatives <laughs> tournament, you know, next week. That's what I'm about to, hey, that's, hey. that's what I'm about to play. Uh, a D in my, in my freaking earphones, man. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hey, so, it, um, so let's talk about, let's talk about Housebender, man. Let's talk about Housebender. Let's talk about Housebender and let's talk about what you're doing now and, and, how you transition it. I'm assuming Housebender is your own company. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. So Housebender, I, I created the name to kind of represent my myself, right? My personal self, right? And um, I see myself kind of as player one in life, you know? And, um, and like, I'm kind of going through life and I'm doing my thing. And my mission is to um, transform these distressed spaces into high quality housing that's attainable specifically in San Diego and the flip side of that teach other people how to do it too right help people specifically especially veterans do the same thing that I did because I think what I did is extremely replicable so house vendor man all about transforming spaces creating high quality housing that's right man that's it you know putting the magic on these houses and you know it's it's crazy because I really don't do houses. Everything we do is kind of small multifamily, but still, you know, we're, we're, we're creating beautiful homes for people, for families to enjoy and, and thrive in. So. I love it, man. I like the fact that you, you said uh, that you're player one in life and your mentality, you know, what? You're, you're probably the most honest person because I guarantee you all of us feel like, you know what I'm saying? To an extent, all of us feel like, yo, we are the we are the the main character in this goddamn story, you know? So uh, yes. I, I really like that, man. Um, and then obviously for those who aren't listening, Housebender is a play on words for Aang, the avatar. Hello. All right. The original airbender. Yeah. But, uh, but I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah so totally, man. 
So, so what are you doing with House Banner? So, like, I understand you're taking these spaces. Give us an example. Give us a run through. Like, maybe just one of your latest deals. Like, how that works. And because we haven't had many many developers on, and I would love to kind of talk through that and kind of, you know, you you say we want to educate other veterans and educate others on how you can do this because this is this is replicable, right? Walk us through that and show us how this can be done um, by others. Yeah, totally, man. So, um. I'll talk about the basically my biggest deal to date. So I purchased a three unit property in January with the VA loan. And um, it was an under market, it was a mismarketed opportunity on the MLS. The realtor had taken crappy pictures. The rents were wrong. Like it was all jacked up, right? But I saw it and I knew that, hey, this is a deal, right? So we scooped it up. We paid a million bucks for it. My partner on the deal, so I, I partnered with another veteran. We combined entitlement to buy it. He was a licensed agent. So we got 25 grand ish back at closing before tax, right? We used that money and then I, some of my cash to totally renovate the place. And um, we were just going to start getting permits to build an ADU, which is a unique opportunity in California to add a unit to everything. And um, the market just went nuts. And uh, the issue was that we couldn't, San Diego County had one of the biggest, like the strictest eviction moratoriums in the country, more strict than the national moratorium, right? You couldn't ask tenants to leave for any reason except for health and safety. So we couldn't actually move into this place. We VA financed it, signed the affidavit to move in, but we could not move in, right? So the market goes nuts. We call our lender, we tell them, hey, this is the situation. Um, by then we have added massive value to this place. We've raised the rents quite significantly. Um, and we called them up and explained the situation. They said, yeah, you know, you don't have to move in because you have a well-documented reason. And if you sell, there's going to be no harm, no foul. So we did end up selling that for a significant six figure gain. And now that's going into a another four unit that's in zoning to build 40. So um, that's kind of the, the, the model that I'm trying to stick to is small multifamily, huge upside, that kind of business model. So I got a couple of questions, but first uh, uh, about the using a VA loan, assuming you're this four unit, you're going to use a VA loan and then adding additional units. But um, before we get into that, a lot of a lot of service members do not know that you can combine entitlement. Right. So can you walk us through that, kind of explain that and what that looks like? Totally. And I think this is going, this is a um, really good thing to discuss because I already had a condo, right? I had my condo that I'd been living in VA financed. Mm. So my entitlement was limited, but I met a veteran who, uh, but I had income, right? So I had income, he had entitlement. So we combined forces to take, take on this deal VA financed. So that's something really good there. And it's another, um, I'm reading this book called Skin in the Game by Nassim Taleb. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah. it's all about balance, right? So find out what your value is, find out where the other value is and put them together like puzzle pieces. So in my cases, it was I had income, he had entitlement, we put it together and we were able to qualify together to purchase this three unit property. So Nassim Taleb, good shout out there, good plug. Uh, if anybody is, is considering trying to explore the next level of uh, just uh, mental comprehension, uh, he is a very, very, very good author. Him and Jordan Peterson. Just putting totally, out. both of them. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Well, said. so 
So this combined entitlement though, man, um, I think this is a huge opportunity here because you did it for, it was a, it was a three unit, correct? With the, with the possibility of adding an additional ADU, right? That's correct. Okay. Okay. So for those who don't know, you can actually combine entitlement to buy up to six units. We'll cover that in a different, in a different um, episode. And a storefront. And, or a storefront. Right. And so for you during this time, the reason that you needed this, this uh, combination, right, of seeking both entitlements was because of the, was because of the market though, correct? Like just price points were just too far out of your ability to afford a second one. And it was out of, outside of his income, correct? That's correct. So my partner was actually a realtor. He was crushing it. He like, he, like, he was really doing really well, but it's self-employment income. So he needed right. two years, which he didn't have, but I had pretty well-established income at the time. Um, no problem qualifying for a loan. So because of that synergy, we were able to make this happen. And you're exactly right. Like I was capped because I bought a single family home and a, a condo, right? It's considered a single family home. So the San Diego County VA loan limit, whatever it may be, I'm not really sure what it is, maybe around right. seven, 800 grand. I had like 300 grand of that tied up. Got so you. Got you. I only had 400 grand of entitlement. But if we combine right? The two of us, we have, I think it's either unlimited or it's, um, it's like a, a significantly higher amount of entitlement. I'm not too sure on the specifics, but it's, it's definitely a very powerful strategy. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's extremely important for those who want more information, uh, uh to the specific entitlements, VA pamphlet 26-7, VA pamphlet 26-7. It goes over go. everything. Yeah, man. Hey, I, <laughs> did you, are, did you have that bookmarked? Jeez, uh, no, I, well, you know, you, you know, I've taught the courses a couple of times. I've been teaching, you nice. know, teaching the surgeon. So I like some of the things I remember. I don't remember that there's a there's a VA phone number. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's like one eight hundred something. But um, yeah, VA pamphlet twenty six seven has everything in it, right? Um, and I think what you're talking about the entitlement, uh, combining entitlements is super important, especially for those in high income or high, you know, uh, expensive markets, right? So this can easily be something that someone can use uh, to get into real estate in the market that they're in, even if they are in an expensive area. So if you're a Navy stationed in San Diego, and it's you and another E5, for example, and you guys are like, Hey man, um, this is a little bit too expensive. I, I think it'd be a great opportunity for us to invest, especially it's a long-term hold and you trust and you know your partner. Maybe this is something you can explore to uh, to get into your Absolutely. first deal, man. Yeah, and um, like people sleep on the VA loan, man. And I think it's often mis- misused. And um, I really, really preach and try to drive home buy value add opportunities with the VA loan, right? And it's not going to be easy. It's hard to find VA financeable value add plays, but they're out there. I bought mine in January. That was still during a super hot market, right? Yeah. And uh, just to throw it out there, man, I've made a quarter million bucks from VA loans, from exits off of VA loans, right? And like I said, lowest of the low in the Navy, man, not intelligent, but I knew if I bought discounted properties to which I could add massive value while I'm living there. So my living expense is already there, right? My living expense is now being combined with my investment gain. So that's some other powerful synergy there. You know, you're already lit. You don't have to go buy another property and pay holding costs on it. You're just paying your own living expense and you're also adding value to your asset, your wealth. 
This goes back to delayed gratification, though, man, because, you know, most veterans, most veterans want to, well, not, well, most, let's, let's, let's be honest, about 80% of people want to buy that dream house with their VA loan. And the problem with that is understanding that most people only live in a home for about five years on average. So your ultimate dream home for your family home, that's not even the first one you buy. If you're doing what Adit's saying, he said, hey, buy value add or multifamily with your first loan and then do it for your second. But guess what? We can refinance that, but those bad boys or sell them. And then we can get our yep. VA loan back again and do it all over. We can go totally. get that dream home later. So I love that yes. you're bringing that up, man. So on this point though, you're we're talking about expensive markets. Why the hell are you in San Diego? Of all the places, why did you choose San Diego? Okay, so I mean, the technicals is that we have a very diverse economy. We're the eighth biggest city in the in the country. But to 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 tell you like the truth is um the opportunity here is just endless, man. Like people think uh, it's, it's yes. Is it difficult? Yeah. It's a lot difficult, a lot more difficult than the middle of uh, Missouri or something. Right. Sorry, Dave Perret, but the middle of Missouri <laughs> where, you know, you can go knock on someone's house and buy it for $20,000. The barrier of entry is the barrier to entry is a lot higher. Right. But I just described the ways we can lower that barrier of entry VA loan, partnering with experienced people, finding massive value add that. And this city has become, um extremely lenient with building so we are now allowed to build highly dense projects in what was uh historically not a dense area california has just recently passed laws to where people can split parcels and make a single family home in some cases into six to eight units just off of one parcel you know and um we already had the adus we could add one or two by um by right so and it's getting bigger and better so so that's a perfect segue into to the next question it sounded like you you bought that three uh, that three unit with a va loan but you were going to build adus uh, a couple of adus maybe bringing it into a five or a six or seven unit or something like that how does that work with the va loan because I, I mean I, I just don't know i mean what how, how do you work that right so to be fully transparent we didn't do it right we sold yeah. it because it's just it, yeah, the price yeah. was too good to say no. But what the way it would have worked is um, we had the numbers set out to where we could build the ADU with hard or private money and then refinance out of every of the whole thing. It, it was just one ADU, so it would now be a four unit. We'd go get a um, a, a conventional refinance. And we would have enough equity at that point if everything worked out the way it was supposed to, to have um, fully repaid the lender. Yeah. Um, and we would have also brought some of our own cash into that. So this is a perfect example of just understanding, like the more you understand about anything, really, the more creative you can be. But the fact is um, that you talked about that equity position and refinancing using a four unit. I want everybody to highlight the fact that an ADU, an additional dwelling, whatever, was it going to be detached or attached? That really would have been point. detached. Right. Yeah. That's the point I wanted to really hone in on, guys. When we have four units technically on one lot, that can still qualify for a VA loan. That's still technically a quadruplex. Now, that yes. should open up the inventory for you guys now as you go out there and, and be more creative. Maybe you have an above garage detached mother-in-law suite. Hey, that's a rental unit, right? That's a VA loan. It is. So I, Yes. I love I love that uh, that you thought through that creativity uh, creatively. What 
Where did you start to learn about this VA loan? Was it in the actual military or was this something that you had to research on your own terms? Like what did that, how did that develop? So, I mean, this is a whole show in itself too, like you said earlier, man, um, but being around the right people. So I was at Dave Perret's barbecue in October, 2020. It was to me and my partner who bought, I bought the deal with Donald Appleberry and someone named John Lund. He's a, he, he's crushing it. He's a good guy. Great guy. Recon Marine. And um, he's a lender and we're just BSing, you know, eating carne asada like we do down here in San Diego. And, um, he says, hey, you know, by the way, I just read something, blah, 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 veterans combined entitlement, it's unlimited. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, so you and Donnie, you know, you, you got your condo because he had just re Earl refinanced my condo. So he's like, you and Donnie, you know, you can combine entitlement and, and get another property. And I was like, cool. I opened up Redfin. I was like, uh, I just sent you my... Um, my borrower package, just send me the pre-approval letter when you get to the office tomorrow and let's go shopping. That's it. You know, we decided right then and there. And it's just from being around the right people right there. Your social circle is everything. Your social circle is everything. Yeah. Everything, right? If you want to go, if you want to go places, you need a team. And who you surround yourself with is going to affect your life massively in a good or a bad way. Facts. Facts. I love that, man, because I, we try to tell people all the time, like this community, first off, the real estate community is small, but the real estate military community, fucking small. It's this big, right? Yeah. Just by just by networking, rubbing elbows, doing favors for others, uh, providing value where you can, opportunities become abundant. And I love the fact, you know, they say the uh, luck is just when opportunity meets preparation or something like that. Yeah. Correct. I, mean, I love that because that, that right there is a perfect story of that. Great, man. So what's next for you and what's next for uh, you and Housebender, man? Yeah, man. So like I said, um, I'm trying to shift more towards a multifamily urban infill business model. So recently I found a four unit in, um, North Park, San Diego, that's in zoning to build 40. So the proceeds of the sales from my last, my past flips over the last year and um, some other money that I've made with real estate, going to be moving that into um, multifamily development if our offer gets accepted, hopefully. And if not, we'll find another one. So, but that's kind of where I'm headed. Um, that and I'm always looking for any kind of different opportunity, um, especially with other veterans, you know open to open to anything really but that's kind of where my meat is going to lie now it's going to be creating housing so do you see yourself doing that development and that uh, creative housing for the next 40 50 years like what's your ultimate dream if you had one yeah totally man so th th that is that so that's not really the finish line right but that's kind of the dream was to be able to provide high quality affordable attainable housing that's that's been the dream but the the, the long-term dream really is to build bigger and better buildings man and bigger and better better communities and give back to the to the to the community specifically the military community teach other people how to do it help people get started that whole thing love it man i love it I was, hell man, we've been on here about 45 minutes or so, man. So it's about that time that we start to wrap it up. But I'm loving everything that we covered here because it shows a different approach to the mentality behind 
your success, right? The, it was the no shit, hey, I'll work for free until I get there, which we don't cover much because you know what? Most of the population doesn't want to do it. So I'm loving this. Right. But now if, if you had to provide one piece of value, one tip, one crucial point for veterans looking during their transition, how to really step into their own light, what would that piece of advice be? That piece of advice would be find your unfair advantage and offer it to someone who is doing exactly what you want to do. Whatever your unfair advantage is, take that and blast it across the universe to every single person that, that, that um, is doing what you want to do. If you want to be the, the best basketball player and you're really good at taking videos, go start offering to take the best basketball players videos and just be around him because it it does rub off especially if you're intentional about it i like that perfect yeah Dude, so I like um i i appreciate you coming on man it's it's been uh it's been awesome how can our listeners get in contact with you yeah so instagram at housebender and my website's housebender.com starting a blog there and my first post is going to be how to find a real estate mentor without paying $20,000 for a mastermind. So um, there, and um, if you DM me on Instagram, if you're military affiliated, more than happy to get on a phone call, to text back and forth, wh whatever you need, I'm here for you. I don't, I'm not selling any courses or, any, or anything, totally free. And um, if you have a unique way to add value to me so I can also add value back to you would, would be very open to you guys reaching out. So. Absolutely love it. Hey, if you're listening to that, man, take advantage of that. I try to tell, well, we try to emphasize that point. You know I mean? You see the trajectory that Adit is on. You, you understand. I mean, he pretty much just outlined his time, his timeline and what he's doing, right. It's his availability to jump on a call with you. <laughs> it's, it's not always going to be like that. You know, <laughs> it's it's, limited. it's yeah. not always going to be like that. So take advantage of it while you can, you know, especially if you have some, some way to, to uh, add, add some value, definitely do that. Um, definitely reach out to a deep, uh, but Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on and, and uh, sharing your story and, and dropping those knowledge bombs for us. I really, really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Th thank you so much for having me, man. And uh, thank you so much for creating military cash flow. This is a community like exactly what we need. As veterans and military, we gotta carry our brothers and sisters with us because nobody else is going to. So thank you so much. Our pleasure, man, for sure. Hey man, um yeah, appreciate appreciate all your all your uh all your advice, all your wisdom, man. It's, it's been awesome. Um if you're listening to this our, to our audience, if you're listening to this and you're watching this on uh, YouTube, right, do us a favor, leave a comment below. I'm sure Adi will be down there to leave uh, to answer any questions you might have, right? Um, he already left you his information. You can also reach out that way. Um, hit us, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, subscribe. If you're watching this or if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you leave us a review. We really appreciate those. Um, and outside of that, man, uh, this is Dan Wynn. And this is Mike Glassman. Signing off. <laughs>